Before I begin, I want to first welcome our Knights of Columbus. Thank you for serving your, in your service. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a knight, uh, please contact Mr. Uh, Jerry Belmonte. He'd be more than happy to run you through the process, get you initiated, and basically be of service to the church. So thank you, gentlemen, uh, for your service, and especially for today during this corporate mass for helping with all the ministries. Back in uh, 2015, a man by the name of Mr. Justin Bieber came out with a song called Love Yourself. Now, I got to confess, I am not a, and up, certainly up to that point, was not a big Justin Bieber fan. I kind of, not really my style of music, if you will. But hearing this song and hearing that he wrote this song, I kind of prejudged it and thought, oh, it's all about, you know, how great it is to love yourself and whatnot. And, you know, as this song kind of caught fire and I eventually had to listen to it, uh, I discovered that that really wasn't what he was saying in this hit song. This is a very popular song that ended up actually being uh, the most popular song of 2016. And what he was saying in his, uh, this, this very uh, comprehensive song, and it's basically a breakup song, basically he's saying, hey, you know, you don't really love me, you love yourself. So why don't you just go on ahead and just love yourself? And in sending that message to, uh, you know, I guess there is ex-girlfriend or whatever, in sending that message to uh, his, uh, his ex, uh, ex-girlfriend, he's essentially saying, and was essentially sending the message to all of us that it's better to love somebody else than just love yourself. It's better for your love to be directed to another person than for your love to be directed inward. And from what it seems like is that's pretty sound advice. In fact, I would argue that that advice is advice that Jesus actually gives in today's gospel passage. Here in the gospel, Jesus outlines pretty clearly how to love. And that love is graded on a hierarchy. The first person we're called to love is the Lord our God. With all our heart, mind, and soul. Everything we got. Love our neighbor. And then love ourself. God, neighbor, and self. But to me, at least, every time I've always heard this passage, I've always been intrigued. And the fact that he's challenging us and basically almost, not fully, but almost encouraging us to love ourselves. Jesus Christ encouraging us to love ourselves. But what does that look like? I think we all know and we all agree and we all know people who really, really, really love themselves. And we often call them narcissists, people who really have just a lot of self-love. And if that's the case, then shouldn't Jesus just condemn narcissism altogether? Shouldn't he just condemn self-love? But instead, he actually says, love your neighbor like yourself. So that, to me, leads the question, how do we really love ourselves without slipping into narcissism? To me, if we want to truly understand this question, we have to break ourselves up and really look look at ourselves in four different ways. The first way we can look at ourselves is see ourselves as a present self, our present self, who we are right here and right now, the time and space that we occupy. And the way you and I can love ourselves right now is through extremely harsh, brutal, tough love. Let's face it, who we are right now, the people that we are at this very moment can be very, very, very demanding masters. 
Our present self wants us to eat junk food. Our present self wants us to sit on the couch all day. Our present self wants to sleep in. Our present self doesn't want to be here listening to me talk. Our present self wants to avoid these things. Our present self always seeks to avoid suffering and embrace comfort. And that's why I would argue that if we're going to love our present self, it's not by indulging it. It's not by agreeing, oh yeah, that's a great idea. You know, avoid your responsibilities. Avoid your job. Avoid your vocation as a husband, a father. Avoid these things. Instead, just take care of yourself. You deserved it. You earned it. How many problems in the world stem just from this idea? This idea that we need to love our present self as if they're just some as if they're always right. Wrong. Our present self 99% of the time is dead wrong. Which is why if we're going to love it, we've kind of got to love it the way a father loves his 3-year-old son. With a lot of love, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'll give you food, you know, I'll give you nourishment, but at the end of the day, this behavior is not going to be tolerated. We are not going to allow this. It's the same thing that we're called to do with our present self. We can't just allow it to run free and allow it to rule over us. What's going to end up happening? We're going to end up being like that ex-girlfriend in Justin Bieber's song. Just somebody that's, that nobody wants to deal with. So what's another way we can look at ourselves? Another way that maybe helps us understand ourselves and loving ourselves a little bit better. And I would argue we can look at ourselves as a future self. Who we are going to be in 20 years. Where we will be set up in 20 years. And I'd argue most life advice given by secular people basically make our minds think about that future self. Help us to think, all right, how do I eat right now? How do I diet right now so that I don't come down with diabetes? So that I don't have cancer? How do I exercise right now so that I'm healthy at age 60, 70, 80, 90 years old? How do I save money right now so that... I'm not eating cat food whenever I retire. How is it? How do, I set, how do I go to school right now so that whenever it comes time to work, I actually have a job that people want to talk to me about. It's people, you know, I'm a doctor or a lawyer or whatever. How are we, ta- how are we taking our, the opportunity right now that we have to set our future selves up for success? This self-love is a lot more justified. You and I, if we're going to call to be successful people in this world, need to love our future selves. Need to love our future selves kind of like business partners, kind of like people that, that we look eye to eye with, somebody that we want to set up for success. Because we say, if we set them up for success, ultimately we will be successful. And so what does that mean? That means ultimately embracing our responsibilities today. That means doing what we're called to do, saving our money, doing our homework, taking care of our jobs, whatever, setting ourselves up for success in the future. That's another way of self-love. And it's a little bit more justified. Can it be extreme? Absolutely. Can it get out of hand? Of course. You can use some of the most greedy, conniving, evil people in the world love their future self. And they will, do no- they will stop at nothing to take care of their future self. It can get out of hand. But ultimately, this is a little bit more justified than just kind of decaying and just loving the present self. So the name of the game is to love this person like a business partner. Not ultimately coddling it or taking care of it or nourishing it all that much, but treating it and setting it up for success down the line. It's not the end all be all. 
The third self we can look at is our past self. If you're anything like me, if you're anything like most people that I see, a lot of us can be pretty dang angry at our past. Pretty dang angry at our past self. Why didn't we do our homework whenever we were younger? Why didn't we study harder for the SAT? Why didn't we choose to make this decision and do that decision? Why did we you know, sleep through calculus class in college and get an F? Why did we do these things? And ultimately, what ended up happening is we pull out our past self and proceed to abuse it. Proceed to hurt our past self as if they're just an object or just a robot. See, this self-love looks a little bit different. In order for us to truly love our past self, we have to embrace forgiveness. We have to embrace understanding. We have to embrace the recognition that maybe our past self wasn't as wise as we are now, didn't know what we know, and couldn't act on the knowledge that we have at this moment. So maybe we're called to cut our past self a little bit of slack. Maybe we're called to let that go. That's why the sacrament of confession is just so valuable. It's the opportunity to come to the priest, and together you can forgive your past self for all the sins that you've committed. You can forgive your past self for all the problems that you've kind of brought upon yourself by ignoring your future self right here and right now. And so the past self really teaches us how to forgive. And that's how Christ is inviting us to love our past self, who we were back then. But I would argue there's one person that we are called to love more than anybody whenever it comes to ourselves. One person we're supposed to take care of to no end and spare no effort, no expense whatsoever in caring for. And that's our eternal self. You see, a future self is a good idea. Who we're going to be in, two, in, in 20 years, it's a good idea to set that person up for success. I think we'll be all a lot happier. It's a good idea to take care of our past self and forgive ourselves. But fundamentally, all of these things are going to pass away. And the only thing that's going to be left is our immortal soul. That's it. Which means that the person that we're really called to love, the person that we're really called to treasure, the person we're really called to care for whenever we talk about loving ourselves, is our eternal self. Our immortal soul. Someone that a society completely ignores. Someone society doesn't even talk about. You can't get really on YouTube and find a lot of answers for how do I take care of my immortal soul? How do I take care of my eternal self? It's just not something we think about. Yeah, we worry about setting ourselves up for the future. You'll find plenty of, of, of videos on forgiveness and plenty of ways to take care of yourself in the present. But what about eternally? And the reality is that whenever it comes to immortality, whenever it comes to whether we're in heaven or whether we're in hell, there's only one thing that's going to matter. Only one thing in this life is going to actually matter. And that's how we loved. How did you love? How did you really love? That's what Judgment Day is. Judgment Day is one question. Did you love? Did you love? Did you love yourself? And did you love others? And that's why Jesus gives us today's gospel. What he's doing is by telling us to love ourselves is he's giving us the very blueprint to do so. The very way you and I can love ourselves the very best. And believe it or not, ironically, it's not by focusing on ourselves. 
Ironically, it's not by looking inward. It's not just by going and loving ourselves. Instead, what Jesus points out is that for us to really take care of ourselves, for us to really love ourselves, we have to love God with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with all of our soul. We have to love our neighbor, take care of him, knowing we got to set up opportunities for him to be successful in the future instead of taking advantage of his ignorance. Knowing we've got to take care of him in the present. Maybe he needs something to eat. Maybe he needs some clothing. Knowing we've got to take care of him in the past. Forgive what he may have done to you. Forgive how he may have wronged you. Forgive your neighbor. And ultimately, by loving the Lord, loving him, who do we end up loving in the end of the day? Our eternal self. Which is why, to me, Justin Bieber might have actually been right. Maybe it is a little bit more important to love others than to love ourselves.